welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors. And now, here's Hello, our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, and a whole lot more. It's season four, episode 11. It is the weekend of March 20th. And you know what, guys? You're listening to the nationally ranked sports card podcast hosted by me, Jeff Baker, and co-hosted by my friend and co-host for life, calling from Dallas, Texas, Mr. Drew Pelto. Drew, we got another show to do. Woo! We do, yes. <laughs> well, just let people know how they can find you on YouTube. You can just uh, look up uh, Drew's autographs on YouTube, and I should come up there. If you want a direct link, just go to youtube.com slash Drew Pelto. Or if you go to my website at dfwgrapher.com, you can find links to everything that I'm on there. So it means all the card sets I'm working on getting signed, that's all up there. You can find my uh, Twitter through there, my Instagram, my YouTube, Facebook. It's all linked right there at dfwgrapher.com. And Drew, we have a radio show too, don't we? We do, <laughs> yes. A Sports Collectors Club that we just uh, – just uh, recorded one here a little bit ago. Yep. We have the Sports Collectors Club. We have a, a, had 11 episodes so far, and guys, know what? It's catching fire. We're getting yep. people talking about sports collectibles. So check it out. It's called the Sports Collectors Club. It is on SportsMap Radio Network, and you can go to SportsMap Radio uh, on your app, uh, in your app store, download the SportsMap uh, Radio app, and you can listen to it there, or you can listen to it on your sports map radio, local sports map radio station. It's called the Sports Collectors, sports Collectors Club. We have a website that's called sportscollectorsclub.com. You can find all the information there. If you miss one of our shows, you can listen to it there. Our show is broadcast Sunday mornings from eight a.m. Uh, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., and then it's repeated, which is beautiful for us late sleepers, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. So it's a great show. Check it out. It's the Sports, Collect- sports Collectors Club. And our website is sportscollectorsclub.com and is on the SportsMap Radio Network. But we have a lot to talk about going on. I'm actually still down in Florida, Fort Myers Beach area, and I have um, taken in a bunch of spring training games. And I went to the Red Sox and Rays today, and the Red Sox won it in the bottom of the ninth on a home run. Most of the guys we saw, you'll never remember who they are because they are all mostly minor leaguers. But we did see uh, Nathan Avaldi pitch today. I'm going to the Red Sox, and the Orioles on Sunday. When you hear this show, I'll probably be at the game. It was about 90 degrees today. It was hot. And then I'm going to see the Twins and the um, Atlanta Braves, the world champion uh, Atlanta Braves on Tuesday. So that's kind of cool. And then Monday, 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 I'm going to the Naples uh, basketball event. It's the Legends of Basketball. And four NBA Hall of Famers are going to be there. Kevin McHale, Earl Monroe, Rick Barry and Aris Gilmore. So that is kind of cool. I'm going to see what I can do about maybe get one, getting one of these guys on the show, a future show. And I got a bunch of stuff to get signed. I'm very prepared for this. Um, and, but uh, I had last week, uh, I was on, beginning of last week, no, the end of last week, I went to see our friends at CSG. So I, I went and saw their operation, which is unbelievable. Drew, you, should, you would just be going crazy because just go in there. And all anyone's talking about is cards. All anyone is doing is looking at cards, and all anyone's doing is grading cards. It, 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 it's fabulous. That sounds absolutely amazing. I mean, 
I've got friends who work over at Beckett, but I have not gotten to go back into there or anything like that. The closest I've gotten is their front lobby there. But I would, yeah, I would love to see something like that. That seems like it'd be a really cool, uh, cool little tour to get to take there. You know what? When I was 12 years old, I never thought there was such a place. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish I was 21 because that's where I'd be working today. <laughs> yep. There's nothing wrong with that. So it was great. I want to thank our friends at CSJ for giving me the tour, and we had had a great time. And uh, a lot, lot of stuff going on at CSG. So, um, Drew, we'll, we'll, we'll fill, fill people in on some G- CSG surprises later in the year. But uh, a lot of stuff going on at CSG, and it was great to see them. Well, this week we have fantasy baseball legend. He's the fan- the godfather of fantasy baseball. I don't know if you guys play fantasy baseball, but it is uh, insane. I've been playing since 1987, um, and it, it, I love fantasy baseball. But anyway, we have Lenny Melnick from uh, Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports is coming on, and Lenny is a total character. He's a great guy, loves sports, has a huge passion, does a daily podcast. Drew, can you imagine doing a daily podcast? Oh, <laughs> I mean, a week is enough for us, I think. I couldn't imagine trying to do something every day at all on, on anything, does it really. Every, he does it every day. It's a fantasy uh, podcast, basically, but talking baseball right now. And uh, Lenny collected cards when he was a kid and has all his cards all he's 57, 58. He has Bowman's. He has all sorts of uncut sheets, all sorts of stuff. We talk collecting with Lenny. He is he. he it's a it's a fun interview. So stick around for that. Next week we have a, a, a special surprise. We have the president of DSG Diamond Service Grading, Michael Clark. So we're gonna we're gonna talk to Michael about uh, what's going on with Diamond Service Grading and, and, and grading in general. And uh, it's a really fun interview as well from, with Michael Clark next week. But this week, again, we have uh, Lenny Melnick, and that will be coming up later in the show. We have all our regular segments. Drew, you want to run down all our regular segments for our, for our listeners? Sure. We've got Baker's Dozen on the way with a whole bunch of collecting news. We've got Making the Grade, all the latest in grading news. Stamp of Approval, where we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, stuff that we like from the week. The Vern Rap Minute, where we talk about uh, players who are recently deceased. And, of course, our TTM Returns. The big, the big, uh, big reason for having the show. That, that's right. Well, guys, send us a text if you have any questions or you'd like to be on the show. Our text line is nine seven eight seven two nine zero six six two. Once again, it's nine seven eight seven two nine zero six six two. Or you can email us. How do you email us, Drew? That would be ttmcast at yahoo dot com. That's right, ttmcast at yahoo dot com. That is our contest line as well. So. Uh, Stick around. We're going to get right into the show. We're going to go right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen is a new summary, but it's going on in the hobby. And as always, we're stock full of news. Uh, this one, some auction news. This one really piqued my interest because it's right, my, right in the, the bullseye area of what I collected. This is the first set that I ever collected as a kid. It's the second-ranked PSA 1975 Topps baseball set, and it sold for $600,000 in the Golden Auction recently. $600,000 for a 1975 Topps set. That's pretty good, Drew, huh? That is. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, 1975 is one of my favorites. Everybody knows I'm completely crazy about the 72 set. 75 would probably be my second favorite there because, I mean, it's got a great, solid design. Three iconic Hall of Famer rookie cards in there with Brett Yount and Jim Rice on the, I think Rice is on one of those quad ones, if I remember right. Correct. But yeah, I mean, just such a solid design, some great player selection there. So for that, and it's been a really popular one. So for it to go for $600,000 like that, 
not too surprising, but a real nice, uh, nice pickup for somebody, a real nice payday for whoever's selling it off. And then uh, we had a big auction at uh, PWCC. Uh, a nice take on this one as well, huh, Drew? Yeah, another uh, 1975 as well, this time over on the basketball side. But uh, two PSA 10 rookie cards of Moses Malone from the 75 basketball set. The previous, the previous high price on one of those was $19,200, which is pretty nice for one card. But uh, these two completely obliterated that record five times more. 102000 and 96000 the final sale prices on those two cards. So that's amazing. If, you're, if you've got a 75 Moses Malone out there, think about getting that grade and see, uh, see about uh, getting yourself a nice little payday there off of that. You know what, Drew? I love to see these 70 car, 70s cards reaching high numbers because that's yeah. right in the, bull, the, the bullseye when I was started collecting. And I have a lot of these cards. I have a 75 Moses Malone card sitting in a binder. At home, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to check that one out, but it, it's really cool. But this is a, a, another auction tidbit, and we're gonna follow this under buyer beware. The last, and we'll use this in quotes, right, Drew? The last yeah. Tom Brady touchdown uh, pass ball. Uh, this is the one that um, what I'm gonna I'm gonna forget his name already. <laughs> the wide uh, receiver, Mike Evans. Mike Evans caught the ball and he tossed it to the the kid, the guy in the stands, and he the, the guy in the stands got all sorts of, of hassle for for uh, giving it away or or, or or not holding on to it. Well, anyway, this lad, the last touchdown pass that Tom Brady supposedly threw sold for five hundred eighteen thousand dollars in a Leland auction. And guess what? The next day, Brady comes out of retirement. Well, is that a kick in the teeth or what, Drew? Yeah, I mean that ex- that is the exact reason why I would not want to buy the last of anything until a few years, at least after a guy retires, because we've seen it so much lately where it's like, Oh yeah, this guy's probably going to retire. This guy's definitely going to retire. And then they don't, or they pull a Brett Favre and, you know, retire two or three different times and come back a whole bunch more times. So yeah, you just never can be too sure on a guy who just retired. If it's actually going to be the last or if it's not. And unfortunately somebody there, uh, gambled and lost there by going after the, uh, so-called last touchdown pass of Tom Brady there. It's kind of like the Rolling Stones, right? The last, Rolling Stones are going to play the last concert. What was that, like 1985 or something? And they're still playing. Yep. It's it's just like you got to be careful, you know? We always say buy everywhere. And if someone was stupid enough, and I'll use that in quotes, um, they took a shot, right? $518,000 shot. And this time they lost because Brady decided we want to come out of retirement. So – I guess unless the, the gentleman and uh, athlete is no longer with us and they can't, they can't, uh, you know, cobble on the field in their, in their wheelchair, then don't, don't consider it a last, right? Exactly. I mean, you never know. I mean, you look at a guy like Mario Lemieux, even, or even uh, Guy Lafleur, both those guys retired, stayed retired for a number of years and then came back later on. So it's, yeah, you look at it, it's like, it's, yeah, it's never too late for someone to come out of retirement, but at the same time, if you have $518,000 to put onto a football, you can probably afford to take that loss because you've probably got a heck of a lot more where that came from, I would think. No, I know. No one's, no one's crying for the guy. Well, guys, there's a bunch yeah. of shows coming up. We just want to let everyone know some, some of the really big shows that are coming up. Yeah, Strongsville, Ohio, my old stomping grounds in Northeast Ohio. Next weekend, March 25th through the 27th at the Best Western Conference Center. Go and check out that show. They've got a uh, really great autograph lineup going on there. Going to look at the Hall of Famers, they've got Lawrence Taylor, Jack Morris, and Wade Boggs all lined up as signers. 
If you're more of a local collector there for the Cleveland area, you've got Bernie Kosar. There's uh, Ernest Biner, Kevin Mack, Greg Pruitt. Saw they just added Josh Cribbs to the list as well. Current Browns running back Kareem Hunt is there too. You're going to see uh, Austin Carr, longtime Cavs player and broadcaster. And, of course, the 1980 Rookie of the Year winner in the American League, Joe Charbonneau, will be signing there as well. And if you want to get more info, just go and check out their website at strongsvillesports.com. Once again, March 25th through the 27th, they're in Strongsville, Ohio. Then the uh, men, the men collective, which was supposed to be at the end of January and got rescheduled. Uh, it's going to be next weekend, March 25th to the 27th. It's at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. It's the men collective. If you want some more information about it, themencollective.com. And I know there's a uh, Peyton Manning's going to be there and Jerry Rice is going to be there. And there's all sorts of, um, classes on NFTs and investing and all the industry uh, big heavy hitters will be there. Um, it, it's going to be a great show. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this this time. I was going to go in January, but can't make it this year. But uh, check it out. It is the Mint Collective at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, March 25th to the 27th. And one other show that we, we mentioned last week, but we'll mention it again this week. It's April 1st through the 3rd. It is the Chantilly, Virginia show. It is at CSA shows.com is where you get the information and they have all sorts of great people signing including Dante Culpepper, Bernard King, Bob Dandridge, NBA Hall of Famer, Dikembe Mutombo, if he's not in the Hall of Fame, he's going to be, and uh, Seattle Seahawks wide receiver DK Medcalf is going to be there as well. So it's a a nice lineup. Uh, Check it out. It is at csashows.com, April 1st to the 3rd in Chantilly, Virginia. Well, that kind of wraps up shows, but we do have some new releases to let you guys know about. Uh, it came out this week. This week, It came out on March 16th, actually. It's 2021 Panini Limited football set. There's three packs per box, five cards per pack. There's two autos and one relic. One rookie patch auto or ring of honor auto is included in this, uh, which is really cool. And they're going for between $420 and $430. So it's kind of a... I don't know, mid to high range box, but the uh, what Panini does with their relics and autos and the patches is really cool. So you might want to check it out. Uh, it's the 2021 Panini Limited Football. Check it out. It just came out the other day. Got one other uh, in that kind of same price range coming out this week from Panini. So 2021 Panini Clearly Don Russ Football Set. These uh, boxes are going to be ranked $350. You'll get four packs per box, five cards per pack. And a real nice selection of stuff in there. You're getting one auto, one insert, and two parallels, along with eight rated rookies and eight base cards per box. So once again, that drops on March 23rd. 350 a box. Definitely looking forward to uh, seeing how those look. Yeah, again, Panini does great, great, a great job. And uh, with the clearly Don Russ, you're going to get the rated rookies. You get eight rated rookies in that box, which you know I love the rated rookies. I'm a, I have a soft spot for rated rookie cards. Well, one other release uh, coming up next week is the Upper Deck Artifacts Hockey uh, a blaster box is very affordable, seven packs per, per blaster box, five cards per pack, and they are only going for about $20, which is really, really affordable. Right in Drew and I's wheelhouse, and Drew and I love hockey, so we're going we're gonna to stick around. Uh, we'll pick up so, some of those, I'm sure. Well, that wraps up Baker's Dozens for the week. Next up, we have a contest. We're going to announce a contest winner, and I gotta, I'm going to give you a T-shirt as well. So coming up, we're going to uh, announce our contest winner. So I want to thank our friends at CSG. They they donated some baseball hats, and we'll get we're going to be giving away CSG baseball hats 
uh, the next couple of weeks. But I, this week uh, we have a winner. Is Mary Smith. I love when we give it away to a female listener. She is in, out of New York City. And Mary, congratulations. We'll be dropping that your prize into the mail when I get back into the Boston area uh, next week. So congratulations, Mary Smith from New York City, won a CSG baseball hat. Congratulations on that. I got a, um, a Collects.app t-shirt. We, we've talked about Collects.app a couple times. And we had Ted Mann on, the, the president of Collects on, and uh, he's donated some T-shirts. So we're going to be giving away some uh, Collects.app uh, swag as well. And their app is really cool. You just go on to Collects.app. You, you can uh, download the app and scan. You scan the, your card, and it tells you the value of it. And it's a really cool app if, to use at shows. If you're at a show, you're looking at a card, you want to see what it is, you, you can scan it, and it gives all the sales history on that card. So uh, check out collects.app, but we're going to give away a collect.app t-shirt, which is a really cool t-shirt. All you have to do is send the email. Where do you send the email, Drew? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. Yep, just send your name and, and uh, mailing address to my uh, the email address, ttmcast at yahoo.com, or you can text us at 978-729-0662. Well, that wraps up contest. Next up is making the grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit DSGGrading.com to learn more. Making the Grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. And Drew, I don't know if you've checked this out yet, but you and I are big Topps Heritage guys, right? We love we love Topps Heritage. Well, Beckett.com has a uh, Topps Heritage variation guide right on the, their site. You just click onto it, and it's free, and it shows all the cool variations for, for Topps Heritage. Drew, have you picked up a Topps Heritage uh, box yet? I have not yet. I didn't see any at Target the last time I was there, but I'll be keeping an eye out there and see if I can grab a blaster on it here soon. Yeah, I really like the – it's the 1973 uh, design, and there's all sorts of variations. One of the cool ones, I don't know if you saw, Drew, they have a Wanda Franco card, and it's a total blank back. So that it has the, the the 73 look of the back, but there's no text on it. And that's a kind, okay. of, kind of a cool is the kind of cool variation. So there's all sorts of uh, photo variations, and it's really neat. You can check that out at uh, Beckett.com. Uh, one other thing we just want, we have uh, um, Michael Clark, who is the president of DSG, which is Diamond Service Grading, next week. But I just want to let everyone know that uh, DSG is offering a $5 discount to TTMCast listeners. All you have to use is the coupon code 4HMUGTZG. Once again, it's 4HMUGTZG. And don't worry if you, you didn't write it down quick enough. It's available on our website. And you get $5 off every card you grade, get graded by Diamond Service Grading, which is DSGGrading.com. They have a cool QR code on the label, and you just scan the you can scan the code on the card that you got graded, and you find out why it, uh, it got that grade. So it's really neat. They have new they have aerial era label labels. They also have um, uh, their standard submissions are thirty dollars, but twenty five dollars to you with the uh, coupon code, and they're meeting that thirty day turnaround. And one of the things that Michael Clark told me, uh, I'm letting the the cat out of the bag, so to speak. Uh, they are doing one-day turnaround on cards now, which is unbelievable. You next day, you card to them, you'll, they'll, they'll next day it back to you, one-day turnaround. Uh, it's about $125, $150, so don't, don't quote me on the price on that. But it, if you need something turn graded quick and a turnaround, you might want to check out 
Diamond Service Grading. That's dsggrading.com. And I think that closes out uh, making the grade. And, Drew, we're going to go right into TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast Stamp of Approval. Drew, you want to do your stamp of approval? You want me to take it? Uh, yeah, I can go ahead and take it here. So, uh, as we all know, it is tournament season. We've got the uh, NCAA basketball tournaments going on, both the men and the women. Uh, we're actually recording this on Friday night here, but I want to give a shout out to the University of Texas at Arlington women's basketball team. Not exactly a major school there, but they qualified for the tournament this year. I believe they were 16 seed, though, so uh, they play tonight uh, as we're recording this. So by the time that anyone's listening to it, they will have already played. And like I said, if they're a 16 seed, they're probably not going to be making it much further than that. But hey, they got in there at least. I'll be watching that game tonight if I can. So good on them for that. And uh, yeah, so UTA, uh, University of Texas at Arlington, women's basketball. That's my uh, stamp approval for the week. Well, you know what, Drew? You mentioned the tournaments. We I, we can't not mention um, Kentucky going down. That uh, I. Yeah. John Calipari, John Calipari was a coach at UMass right after I graduated and obviously was there with Marcus Camby. But I just love to see Kentucky go down. I don't know why. I, yeah. I, I, have, I have no ill feelings toward Duke and uh, a lot of these other big schools, North Carolina, but I, for some reason, Kentucky robs me the wrong way. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I am not a Kentucky rooter. Well, my uncle was a director of bands at Louisville University for a number of years and is still, I believe, like director emeritus there. So, uh, yeah, no love lost for uh, Kentucky here either because of that. I mean, that's a real big rivalry right there. And if I ever got it mixed up at any point, like, is he at Kentucky or Louisville? I get this glare like it's Louisville. It's like, okay, okay, there we go. So, yeah. Well, my, my TTM cast stamp approval, since I, um, I've been kind of sitting on the beach for a couple of weeks and sitting by the pool, I've been catching up on my reading and I picked up this book at, um, uh, you know, a discount bookstore. I, it's been out for a little while. It's uh, Bob Yor's book. It's called My Story, and it's his audio, autobiography. And um, just for, from a kid from Boston in the 70s who loved hockey, it was kind of cool to relive some of Bob, Bob Yor's stories and, um, you know, hear stories about the Bruins' glory days and uh, him coming up. And I really enjoyed it. So, uh, you know, it's obviously the, there's no shockers in there. This He's, he's not, you know, throwing dirt at anyone, but it, it, it's still a good book. I don't know, you know, Barrio is still a legend. He's a great, uh, he's a great, great signer. I know he, he's starting charging now, but before, uh, for a long time, especially in the Boston area, if you wanted to Bobby your autograph and you didn't get one, then shame on you because he, he was, <laughs> he'd sign everywhere. He was all over the place. So, um, Joe, were you a Bobby or fan growing up? Um, not really. He was a little before my time and all that, but, uh, he, by the time I got to Boston, too, he had definitely changed his signing habits a lot, I will say. Because uh, I've always heard that he was a great signer up throughout the 90s or so. And then suddenly in the 2000s, he went from signing for everybody to signing for absolutely nobody, it seemed like. So I missed out on him. I had a real bad uh, run-in with him once. But regardless of that, he is still, I mean, he is the greatest defenseman of all time. And you could easily make the case that he's the greatest player of all time as well. I agree. Well, uh, that is a great book. It's called My Story, Bob. You are you can probably pick it up at a, at a discount bookstore someplace or uh, just grab it in your library. It's, it's a good read. Well, that wraps up TTM cast stamp of approval. Next up is our burn wrap minute. Uh-huh. 
The Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. And we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers, the people that passed away in the world of sports and the world of celebrity. Um, so you're not embarrassed by sending out a, a TTM request to the people that have passed. We lost actually two um, umpires, uh, referees this week, and, and uh, we we lost a, a Oscar winner and we lost a couple a football guy and we lost a, a famous baseball player. But first, we're going to talk about Mr. Terry Cooney. Terry Cooney was an AL umpire from 1974 to 1992. He was a, a pretty good TTMer as well. Uh, Terry was 88 years old. Uh, Jim Richards from the uh, Guarantee Super Bowl there, the uh, Super Bowl three that the Jets won. Played for the Jets in 1968 and 69, also with Virginia Tech. He was a defensive back for those teams. Solid TTMer as well, but he died this week at the age of 75. So, uh, unfortunately, another member of those uh, great late 60s Jets squads there that uh, unfortunately is no longer with us now. Yeah, and an AFLer as well. So, we're losing yeah. the AFLers. Uh, another uh, umpire, umpire referee, uh, Johnny Greer, who was the first black referee, which I was amazed in 1988. He was the first black referee. He was an NFL referee from 19, uh, uh, back judging referee from 1981 to 2004 and until he got hurt. He, I think he hurt his knee uh, in 2004. And then he was doing some behind the scenes work for the NFL. Um, he was 74 years old. Uh, William Hurt, Oscar winner. He's in uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman, Body Heat, and Big Chill. Uh, he died this week, age of 71 on him. And then uh, lastly, we lost Ralph Terry. Ralph Terry, of course, from the New York Yankees. He was a two-time All-Star. He was a 1962 ALC Young winner. He was a two-time World Series champ. Ralph Terry uh, was kind of like uh, – um, who's the guy Who the guy that, that gave up Bobby Thompson's home run? Ralph Branca. He was kind of yeah. Ralph Branca in terms of uh, – he gave up the home run to Bill Mazeroski in the 1960 World Series. Uh, so, But he had a great career. He played for the Yankees, the Indians, the A's, and the Mets. And he was a pretty good T-Tamer, wasn't he, Drew? He was, yeah. I think he had a fairly affordable fee of around like 10 or $15 or so. Well, Ralph, Ralph was uh, ill lately in uh, – I think he wasn't signing for a little while, but Ralph was 86 years old. And, again, our condolences go to friends and family. We are sorry for your loss. That wraps up the Burn Rap Minute. We're going to go right into TTM Returns. It's the news sports card collectors have been waiting for. The CSG Population Report is here. It provides an up-to-date catalog of all the sports cards that have been graded by CSG. Designed to be user-friendly and easy to navigate, sports card enthusiasts can use the CSG Population Report to determine the relative rarity of a sports card in a particular CSG grade. Start exploring today at csgcards.com. This week's TTM returns are brought to you by Sports Card Forum. Find players' addresses, see who's signing, and more, all for free. Sportscardforum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion. Drew, I'm on, on, on the road this week, right? So I have a bunch of DTM returns waiting for me. In fact, I spoke to my son uh, yesterday. I think I have eight or nine sitting there. So it'll be like Christmas when I get home. So uh, why don't you run down your returns for the week? Cool. Yeah, it was a little bit of a lighter week for me this week. But uh, the two that I mentioned on last week's show both did indeed come in that day. So uh, Jerry Kuzman and Lenny Wilkins both uh, came back to me. Uh, Monday the 14th, I got Marty Lyons, another uh, longtime New York Jet, got him back on uh, three cards. 
Also, Taylor Jones, a prospect for the Houston Astros, got him on so on one of those 19, the 2021 uh, Heritage triple uh, rookies there with uh, a couple of other Astros players. I got him to sign that card, and hopefully I'll be able to get the other two soon. On the 17th, got Chad Curtis back in my mailbox. He signed uh, three out of four cards for me. Unfortunately, he kept my Indians card. I mentioned in my letter, hey, I remember you playing for the Indians and everything, and I had four cards there. One of them was with the Indians, and that's the card that he kept was the Indians one. It's like, oh, come on, man. But, oh, well, got the other three signed at least. And uh, one that just came in today was a uh, former infielder for the New York and San Francisco Giants in the late 50s through the mid-60s or so, Eddie Brassoud, who signed uh, three cards for me there. So, yeah, that's what, one, two, three, four, six that I got in this week. So uh, not too bad. Drew, you do a really great job at those those 50s and 60s guys. Uh, you do a great job picking out the you know the guys from the – quarter bin or the dollar bin and then getting them out to be signed i'm going i'm going to when i see you at the national we are i'm going to just walk and follow you around and watch <laughs> you how to do it because i'm envious on, on how good you do with those guys every everyone's like every time you post something I'm like geez how do you even think about sending that guy i, I would have never thought of it and it's just so awesome the way that i do it is uh well there's just one table that always sets up the dallas card show this guy has stuff from anywhere from about 57 to about 75 or so Lower condition stuff at like 50 cents a card. Usually if you buy a bunch, you'll take a little bit more off there as well. But I'll sit there with uh, sportscollectors.net open because they've got stuff where you can, you know, get a whole checklist of an entire set. So if I find like an entire streak of like, you know, a whole bunch of like 66 tops cards, I'll look up the 66 tops set on there and say, oh, hey, does this guy sign? Oh, yes, he does. Great. I'll put that aside. This guy signed. Nope, he doesn't. And just keep on going through and grab whatever I can. So that's the only way that I knew about it. Eddie Brassoud signing there, but... Yeah, it's just, you know, it comes down to if you have the resources, use them. It's just awesome, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start using it. I saw a guy um, the other day. He had a bunch of like 71, 72, 73, 74 football guys that I would have never thought to send out into. And now it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I got I got five or six guys that I that I know signed because the guy just got them got them back, and now uh, I have guys to look out for. So it, it guys, it's a really cool. You know, if you're into autographs and TTM like Drew and I. Uh, you know, don't worry. This, the guys like Dave Kingman, Sparky Lyle, and uh, Davey Johnson, Carlton Fisk, those guys all sign, right? And everyone knows that. But the guy, the other guys, the guys that, that you don't think of, the guys that Drew finds every week, it's just <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's why I love talking to him. I, I, every week I learn about a guy that, oh, my God, how did I not think of that guy? It's, you know, because they have great cards, and it's just really cool. So uh, good job, Drew. I, I love hearing your returns. Well, thank you. Well, we're gonna go. We're gonna go right into our, our uh, weekly uh, interview next. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee CSGCards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. So this week's interview is is kind of a little for me because uh, I've I've been a fan of this guy forever. He uh, is his name is Lenny Melnick. He is a huge, huge uh, guy in the fantasy baseball world, and uh, he is been playing fantasy baseball forever and i um him and i became friends on facebook and i asked lenny if you know if he was a collector and he said he was you know he he collects he has all the cards from when he was a kid he has all 50s and 60s cards uh and uncut sheets and all sorts of stories and he is just a, a a a character the best way to describe lenny melnick is a character he's a passion for baseball a passion for fantasy and a passion for uh cards and you should see uh, he sent me pictures of his house 
his house is like a museum. It's like going into freaking Cooperstown. He, it's awesome. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy my uh, interview with Lenny Melnick. Uh, but first, we're going to have a, a message from our friends at CSG. It's the news sports card collectors have been waiting for. The CSG Population Report is here. It provides an up-to-date catalog of all the sports cards that have been graded by CSG. Designed to be user-friendly and easy to navigate, sports card enthusiasts can use the CSG Population Report to determine the relative rarity of a sports card in a particular CSG grade. Start exploring today at csgcards.com. Joining the show is the godfather of fantasy baseball. <laughs> His name is Lenny Melnick. He is a uh, fantasy baseball whiz and aficionado. He hosts a very popular radio show on Sirius 210 and XM87 called Lady and the Legend with his wife, Andrea. He also hosts a really entertaining uh, daily podcast on Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports.com from 9 a.m. To 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. It is a really fun show. Welcome to the program, Mr. Lenny Melnick. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Yeah, we just got finished with the podcast that I have been doing for close to 18 years. Uh, I was the second uh, podcaster doing a sports podcast. Mike Kachura uh, was the first, if you know who he is. Uh, he's kind of slid out of the arena a little bit. But he told me how to do a podcast. I did it, put it on his website, and I haven't stopped since. Yeah, I've missed a couple of shows, uh, letting other people bask in the, in the sun. But uh, I love it. I, would, I start my day at 5 o'clock in the morning because I can't wait to start my day. That's why. Anyway, thank you for that. No problem, Lenny. You know, uh, this is an honor for me because I, you know, I know your name from way back because I'm a, been playing fantasy for 30 years and wow. I've been following following you on labor, you know, labor and your tote wars. And I'm I'm kind of a a closet fan if you know what I mean. But it's really cool well, to talk to you. you. We're gonna we're gonna talk about collecting today because Lenny is uh, a collector of uh, vintage cards and he has a, a massa great collection. Lenny, uh, how did you start getting uh, involved in collecting? Was it something you did as a youngster? Okay, are you ready for this? Now, I want to make sure that the FBI is not listening. <laughs> okay, because as I was, uh, oh, all right, here you go. At age 10 or 9, I'm not sure, probably 10, because most of my cards are from 1957. My friend and I, my friend Alan, I will not give out his last name, Okay, and I used to go into the candy stores. Okay, candy, you know, sell newspapers, magazines. They'd have, and we would go in the back when nobody was looking at us and put everything we could in our pockets water <laughs> guns, and sports cards, mainly baseball cards. They were a nickel a pack with a piece of gum and I think five cards. And every day we put some in our pocket and walk out. Okay. That was, let's say, 1957. Many, many years later, about 65 years later, if the FBI saw films of that and they put me uh, and they investigated my theft, I, it would be grand larceny. Those, those cars that I took in 1957. Are now, and I showed you many of them. Yes. Are now worth well over a hundred thousand dollars. 
I mean, the Bull Russell card that I showed you, the, uh, I mean, Mays, the 57th set, I got them all. Yep, and Jim Brown rookie card you have, you have Jim them all. Brown, Bill Russell, uh, uh, and I got many, many more. But the point is, when I went away to school, uh, my mother knew my love. She didn't throw them out. And of course, nobody paid attention to them, but I had them in boxes. And when I started uh, with the cards, I used to be in my basement and I would make up teams among the baseball cards. Sure. And then with a little pebble as the, um, as the ball, a little pebble, or maybe I'd roll up a piece of tape and that would be the ball. And uh, I placed the cards, first base, second base. I'd have boxes in the outfield so that if it went over the box and to make the story a little shorter than it should be, uh, my right, I would try to beat myself. The pitcher, if the pitcher was like Gene Connolly, big, tall pitcher, I'd raise yep. my hand up and I'd throw it down. My, with my left hand would be the batter. So my right hand trying to fool my left hand. That's how I became the way I am today. Okay. <laughs> yes. And I played with my cards and I had leagues and I had teams and I was the announcer. I was the uh, uh, color man. I was the player who made a great play. One time my mother went out and I'm playing in the basement with my car. She comes home and says, Lenny, Come upstairs right now. I said, what, what? How many times have I told you when I'm not in the house, I do not want you to have friends over? I said, but mom, there's nobody here. She pushed me aside. I had three voices going on, right? <laughs> and she couldn't find anybody. But I was the player. Well, thank you. It was a good play. And, and, and I was the color man. I was the play-by-play. And I loved it. And that's what I, I played with my cards. Even the basketball cards. I used to take, you know, when you get the uh, shirts from the cleaners and a piece of cardboard in it, I'd, I'd roll up a small basket and I'd have a basket and I'd be sliding around the floor trying to make baskets. And I was very fair to both teams, but that's what I did. I played with my cards up to an age that I became embarrassed if my parents caught me, all right? So, uh, by the way, stealing the cards was uh, a turning point in my life because, unbeknownst to me, my father's friend saw me putting stuff in my pocket, told my father, and he took me in the basement, asked me, Lenny, did you ever steal anything? Wow. <laughs> I paused for a minute. I put my hands over my face. And I said, yes, I did. And he put his arm around me and told me, if you want stuff, this is what you have to do to get it. Work hard. And that changed my life. And um, of course, that was the beginning of the cards. Now, did you collect through uh, college and as you got older, or did you come back? When did you come back to collecting? No, I never did come. Every card that I have, every card, thousands and thousands of cards, of the cards I had as a kid. All right. I have the 54 uh, uh, hockey set with Terry Sawchuk, with Gordie Howe. I have the 57 baseball tops. I got the 58 football. 
I got the 57 basketball, as you saw. Yep, right? Nice. Uh, you know, you didn't see Koozie and those guys, but I have them. I couldn't put them all in the frames. So, but I collected them all as a kid. And of course, as a kid, we would take the cards, we'd flip them. We'd flip them, heads, I mean, heads, tails, we'd go closest to the wall. But the thing that we did a lot, we put the cards in our bicycles so that our bicycles would sound like motorcycles, right? We put them in the spokes. And, and as you, as you uh, pedaled on your bike, the sound of the cards in the spokes sounded like a motorcycle. Of course, you ruined about $50,000 worth of cards, but basically that's what we did. Did you have the 52 mantle? Do you, ha do you have the 52 mantle? 52 mantle. Now, I will tell you, I had a bunch of cards from 1952. Not a lot, because I was only five years old at the time. But I did have a bunch of cards, maybe 20, something like that. And they were thumbtacked onto my wall in my bedroom. And the reason I remember that is because we lived in Queens, New York. Uh, I would get up all the time and look at my mother when she played Mahjong at our house, would, would put me to sleep at five o'clock. She didn't want me to eat all the candy that she had out there, okay? So I used to get up, look out the window and see all my friends playing running bases and stuff. And there I was in my bed. And I remember what year it was because I remember some of the cards. One of them was Mantle. I don't wow. have it anymore. So oh, that's too bad. But I know it was Mantle. I had a couple of others. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, but I don't have that. And in going to the candy store, uh, many of us would go. Not many of us would steal them, but uh, many of us went. And then we'd come outside, stand on top of a garbage can almost, and open up the packs, and we had a mantra. Do you know what that mantra was? What was it? We all said the same thing. About three or four guys standing around as we opened up the packs to throw the packages away, you know, we would say, got it, got it. Need it, need it, got it. We hated to do, you know, we had doubles, right? You know yeah. what, doubles? Got it, got it, need it. Now, I have a, an idea. You know about the, the value mentioned, the 52 mantle. Yep. One of the reasons it's so expensive is because of the scarcity, right? Correct. Now, I think that in terms of cards, there's one card that could be the most valuable of all, 1957. And it's not a player. Do you know what it is? I don't. Because nobody has one. It's the 1957 checklist. Remember that? Yeah. So a checklist in perfect condition. All right. That means nobody checked it. Normally, we just throw it away. Who cares about the checklist? If you find a 1957 checklist, you could be in pretty good shape. I've had a lot of people look. I'm talking about people in the industry. Nobody. I go to card shows and, and I ask people, you have a 57? Nobody asked one. So be on the lookout, 1957 checklist. Now, as an adult, you've kind of amassed a lot of autographs. You, you know, you're, you're in baseball and involved in baseball as a reporter and a writer. Um, 
you know, you showed me some cool ones, Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio. How did you how did you get get those uh, signed? Well, it's very easy, and I don't mean to embarrass you, but uh, you gave me a, an approximate price of six hundred, eight hundred dollars. All right. The point is, is that I would never buy an autograph unless I had a picture accompanied of the guy signing sure. it with me in the picture. Okay. Now, that's an example. I showed you a Mickey Mantle autograph yep. on a cover of a newspaper uh, with his picture. I showed you a, a Joe DiMaggio on the cover of his picture. Now, are you ready for this? It was the cover of a Mickey Mantle newspaper announcing his death. All right. So you tell me how he signed it. Yeah. How'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I had I have a Joe DiMaggio car uh, in, in frame, framed nicely. Uh, Joe DiMaggio picture from the Daily News in New York, and an autograph, and it says very clearly as date born, date he died. Same thing with Mickey. I have it hanging in my wall, in my office, uh, which I don't have the business now. But people would say, "Where'd you get that?" I'll give you twenty thousand. I'll give you thirty thousand. I'll give you fifty thousand. I got all, and they did not. And when I told them what they were buying, forget it. They lost it because the autograph thing. I don't believe in it. I just don't. All right. As a matter of fact, on my serious radio show, we have a genius of the day question, and I just keep asking them, and and we give away a prize, and I say it's a prize that could change your life. It's a Lenny Melnick autographed baseball. Okay. <laughs> and and we, last, last year I sent out over 20 of them. I, I sat there one day. We had to give out like five balls. I'm sitting there in my office signing Lenny Melnick baseballs until one day a caller wins the prize and says, I don't want the Lenny Melnick baseball. I want the Andrea Lamont, the Roto Lady baseball. Okay. And she signed it. Right. But that's, I don't have a big affinity for, for autographs. And the proof is Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio. But, but those are those fake autographs, is that what you're telling me? I signed this, me. Okay. You did it. They sign them. It's the, no, I know, but I didn't know if you, you, sometimes they pre print that stuff way in advance. And I thought you would, being a newspaper guy, had those. Right. Yeah, they're ready point. to go, you know. Yeah, I mean, people do a lot of things. I mean, my podcast to me is so important to a lot of people that I've made over a thousand generic podcasts. So when I die, my daily podcast will still be playing. <laughs> Nobody will know, <laughs> all right? Well, speaking with Lenny Melnick, Lenny Melnick is the godfather of fantasy baseball and a huge, huge. Uh, Vintage card collector, Lenny. You mentioned that you um, you go to card shows. Have you do you pick up stuff for the card shows? Or are you just looking to see what's out there? No, I just I sometimes I just want to get an idea of what my cards are worth, and uh, you know every well, I do look for the fifth. Uh, believe me, I have searched the world looking for a 1957 checklist in perfect condition. Haven't come close. And of course, I've got to know a couple of people. So, uh, but I. I only go to shows for the fun of it. I don't really buy anything anymore. Have you been following what's been going on with um, tops and fanatics in the collecting industry? Um, are you familiar with, with, with what's oh, been sure. transpiring? All, all I can say is, and I tell people this, 
buy as many tops cards as you can. As many. It doesn't I don't care who they are. Because as we know, in a period of time, I don't know, 10 years, five years, whatever, people are gonna just want tops cards. They're so famous uh, for making the cards for so many years. Once they stop producing them, they'll become valuable. That's the well, fanat thing. fanatics purchase tops, so uh, tops is going to live. Well, will tops keep producing, or yes. is it going to be under? Well, if oh. that's the case, I still would buy the original. They're going to be some. It's got to be some kind of change, something. And yeah, I, I think I think they're they're going to. Um, bring different brands over but i think the tops the tops name will stay the flagship uh, will stay um are you familiar with the kind of um uh, you know what you're feeling you and i kind of have the same collecting experience as kids i did the same thing you uh, right, you did yeah. uh and no i collected for the love of the cards it wasn't an investment but today uh kids are collecting for, for investment purposes you know they they see the value of the card as opposed to the love of the card Right. Uh, does that does that bother you uh, as kind of a uh, an old time collector? Well, it doesn't bother me. You know, I have I have uh, three sons and they collected their own cards, and they, and they'd buy them and they'd put them in the plastic, and the, you know I said terrific. All right, no, but they don't sell them, and they still have them, and it's just uh, look, it's a national pastime, collecting baseball cards. Now I wonder with all that's going on in baseball. And we don't realize how much baseball has hurt so many people. What about the card companies? The kids now coming up, you know, 20 years ago when we had a strike, we still had people who loved the game for many, many reasons. Now you go to any college, nobody's talking baseball. They're talking basketball because the basketball NBA builds up the players. If Mike Trout walked down the street and walked past you, would you know him? I would. You and I you would, know. but... <laughs> I don't know if I would. You know, baseball does a terrible job of promoting their best players. And uh, so I don't know. Uh, I still have fun looking at Mike. When uh, there was one time, I told you I, play, I played games with my cards. I have leagues. So Andrea came home one day and said, you know what? I'm taking these cards and I'm going to organize them. And she started putting them in boxes based on teams. I came home. I said, what are you doing? She says, I'm just organizing it for you. You can't put those guys in the same box. They hate each other, right? <laughs> That's because I even had fights when we played, right? I had fight, you know, make believe the cards were fighting, part of the game. You can't put those guys in the same box. They hate each other. I mean, and then, of course, I showed you pictures of my cards in frames. There are some nights that I go to bed and I say, good night, Willie. Good night, Hank. <laughs> and Andrea said to me, what are you doing? I said, these are my friends for, a, for over 60 years. I say goodnight to them. They're my, they're part of my family. I would never, my card collection's worth a lot of money. And uh, I don't care how much money I have or I don't have. They are not going anywhere. I won't sell them. I will give them to my grandkids and so be it, okay? 
do you have a, a favorite card or a favorite uh, piece of memorabilia from, from your, your childhood? Probably the Hank Aaron card, batting lefty. You know, that's the 1957. 57, I was always fascinated with that. And of course, living in New York, I always had Willie, Mickey, and the Duke in the same frame and stuff like that. I also have something that I have actually displayed on Facebook yesterday. I have a card of the player who played for the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Washington Redskins. Yeah, I saw that. Vic Janowitz. Nobody yeah. knows him. No. I have, I have those <laughs> cards, right? You did see it. Good. I did well, see it, but I, don't, I, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> it's one of my favorites as a guy. And in those days, you know, I have Gene Connolly when he played basketball and baseball. I don't have Dave DeBusher, but I love those kind of cards when you have a, the same player in two different sports. Have you thought about getting your cards graded or that's not, that, no, that's kind of the they, they can't get graded. You know, I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade the Hank Aaron that I have for 10 of them because that's Hank Aaron who I played with when I was 10 years old. I'm 74 now. I ain't getting rid of Hank. The rest of them are just phonies. All right. I'm really passionate about my stuff, as you can tell. No, I know. Guys, guys, Lenny is, uh, he showed me, sent me pictures of his, uh, his hope, and he is surrounded by his collection, which uh, makes me me smile. Well, my wife, Andrea, the roto lady, she is also, uh, obviously, she's my co-host on Sirius Radio, and she loves the stuff. And we had wall to wall, everything, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, you name it. We had it. We even have uh, uh, pictures of like uh, Gail Sayers, Joe Namath, when they were in college. We have their college pictures. And we had every, you saw every room. And then we have these big cards that were like five foot. I mean, the big cards. We had those hanging from the ceiling. We got everything. And of course, the card... What was the card with the TV? Forget the name of it. That was 50... Yeah, 58. Five, maybe 55? Bowman. Bowman. 55 Bowman. I have tons of those cards. And to me, that's the most unusual of all the cards because of the TV surrounding the uh, picture. And I always loved that card. One of the the big complaints uh, from collectors nowadays is that um, they're overproducing the cards is... Would you, as a collector, would you have a problem that there's more cards out there than, than previous in previous years, or, or that one really bother you? It doesn't bother me. It's, things have just evolved. Uh, look, the reason they're so produced is because of the popularity. Yeah. So I like that too. Uh, but the whole card thing changed uh, when Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, that era, things changed. Now I. I spent 42 years owning a business manufacturing corrugated boxes. I did that. Not very glamorous, but (laughs) uh, I knew a little bit about it. My family was in the business and I decided, you know what? Why not start a business of something you know about? And I did in a garage, started a business, got a little bigger 
And then where did I go? I took a drive to where? To Pennsylvania somewhere, to the Topps factory. I sure. want to sell you cards. Now, I couldn't compete with international paper. I was like their uh, bathroom compared <laughs> in size. But the guy I met was very wonderful to me. And what you didn't see that I still have, he said, why don't you drive around the back? It was Pete Rose's rookie year, okay? Uh, whatever that was. And 63. He told somebody in the back, load them up with boxes. Boxes of sheets. And in those days, you couldn't buy the sheets. 19 what? 63? 63, 63 yeah. Yeah. And I remember, because that's Pete Rose. I remember that because of Pete Rose's rookie card. How much is that worth? I have no freaking idea. But you can get those sheets now somewhere. Did you, you, you don't still have those, do you? Yes. You still have the 63 sheets? I still have all. I don't have the whole set. But yeah, maybe I have the set because all the cards are on the sheets. Yeah, I have the sheets. Must have about oh, wow. 50 of them. They're... I mean, they got to be worth $1,000 each, right? I bet more than that. More than that, yeah. So he gave them to me because this was way before the card thing really started. And I just wanted to sell Topps um, corrugated boxes so they could ship them. And instead, the guy was nice, gave me a whole bunch of, of sheets. And uh, I was much better off with the sheets than I was with his um, box business. In the, long, in the long run, yes, definitely. Did you get to see how the cards were produced way back then? Um, no, you know, I never went into the factory. I just went uh, into the back. And now that you mention it, I feel bad that I didn't get a chance to see him. But uh, no, I, do, I don't. I didn't. I didn't see him. Mm -hmm. Did you have a favorite player growing up? Well, I grew up in Queens, New York, and. can't be duplicated when you lived in queens new york in the 50s and you had the dodgers and the giants and the yankees you made your friends based on what team they rooted for now that's the truth that's a real truth i was never friends with a giant fan never <laughs> friend yeah, i was a brooklyn dodger fan i loved edwin donald snyder and i remember when princess grace got married he was introduced on a TV show as the Duke, thinking he was related to Princess Grace or whatever. And, you know, my father took me to Ebbets Field a number of times. And something just happened the other day that was phenomenal. On Facebook, I met somebody. And his father was a very famous baseball player. Now, we went to Ebbets Field to see the Giants against the Dodgers. The score was 9-1. to one. It was Sal Magley against uh, Carl Erskine. And we go to the parking lot because the game was out of touch. And we couldn't get out of the parking lot because there was a car parked in front of us and a car parked behind us. Crazy. You know, we didn't have anybody park our car. So we had to sit in the car and listening to it on the radio. And all the bases were loaded. And my father's friend says, come on. Get a hit. This way people will leave. It'll be a 12-run lead. And the player's name was Gil Hodges. Now, the other day, I'm on the phone talking to Gil Hodges Jr. Okay, Nice. And uh, he's on Facebook. 
what a nice fella. I told him that story and I thought he was going to hug me. Okay. And it's a great story. We go to Ebbets Field, we used to go to the polo grounds, but I went to the polo grounds the most to see the New York Titans play. That's the team that was eventually the New York Jets. Yeah. AFL. And, and, the, and we'd sit there. And as the teams moved downfield, we moved downfield in our seats. It was, a, it was empty, right? But we went to the polo grounds. Now, Andrew and I take a trip every year, about three, four months around the country. I'm not very excited about going to games anymore uh, in New York. But when we go to games in other cities that we've never been, it's what a thrill. To go to Cincinnati, I couldn't believe two years ago. I don't believe I'm in Cincinnati. What if some people want to go to France and Italy and all these places? I was in Cincinnati. You can't do any better than that. (laughs) And we've been to almost every stadium. And to me, that's a thrill. Going to commit to the uh, ballparks, Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, of course, but every park. We even went to the new park in Atlanta. We went to the other park in Atlanta in its last season. Andrea has seen, I think she has two stadiums left, um, St. Louis and um, Kansas City. Other than that, she's seen everyone. And we have plans every year to go, but the COVID puts it on hold. We saw St. Louis's ballpark, but from a hotel. We even when they weren't playing, we got a hotel overlooking the field. Right, <laughs> cost us a little bit more. What the hell did we do? There's no game, but we looked at the stadium. Have you been to the Hall of Fame and seen the shoebox uh, treasures exhibit at all? Been to the. As a matter of fact, I talk to the Hall of Fame now regularly because what I'm trying to do is get fantasy baseball recognized in the Hall of Fame in its proper way. It's now totally mainstream. And the interesting thing about fantasy baseball Hall of Fame, there are players who would be first round Hall of, I mean, Bobby Abreu, first round Hall of Fame in fantasy baseball. But I don't think he'll make the Hall of Fame. There are other couple of other players as well. Manny. Manny. Manny, they'll be, they'll be Hall of Famers in the fantasy, Ron Chandler, is it a nice job of talking up the fantasy baseball Hall of Fame? But I'm working with him to get Cooperstown to finally recognize it the way it's supposed to be. And we're making progress, but we'll see. What I used to like about the Hall of Fame was not the Hall of Fame, it was the stores in the town. Yep. When you go in there and you buy the, the flat gloves, right, from yesteryear and all that stuff. Last time I went was about three years ago. And I went to buy another flat glove to find out the old gloves that they have and being marketed are the gloves that I grew up with, all right? I don't want to see that. I want to see the flat gloves with the big fingers, right? Uh, But apparently they don't market that anymore. So yeah, we go, but I'm trying to get fantasy baseball uh, really implanted in the whole thing. Do you think the uh, labor problems that, that have arisen uh, this year are going to hurt uh, the collectible market and, and the hobby? 
I think it's going to hurt everything about baseball. Everything about baseball. And I am so, I mean, I would have bet so much. I would have bet everything that they would not miss games. And I still think there's a chance that they will meet again tomorrow. And somehow you can't miss games. You miss games, you miss fans. That's what's going to happen. Baseball is in jeopardy. Do you remember, what, 25 years ago? I don't know. Trying to go to the movie theater to pay how much? $500,000 to see Mike Tyson in a championship. And you couldn't even get in. Yep. Who's the heavyweight champ now? Couldn't name him. Could that happen to baseball? The kids of today, they play it. But their enthusiasm of the game, of the history... It's going away. And the kids that are growing up now, it's not their fault. I mean, they can't even watch the games at night. You can't watch the playoffs. The players aren't, uh, you know, they don't even have any sneakers. You know, Mike Trout sneakers. We talked about that. But I think baseball is, it's so hard to believe. But 25 years ago, when you couldn't get into Mike Tyson, would you have thought that boxing would be, a total zero. Baseball no, I know. has a chance. They really hurt themselves. And I somebody's writing a book about me. <laughs> and the reason <laughs> did is, you ever think that was would happen? <laughs> oh yeah, I would have wrote it myself. I I wonder who's got. See, I I don't care about the book. I'm just wondering who's going to play me in the movie. Right? <laughs> Somebody said Danny DeVito would be perfect, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, um, the. <laughs> Uh, the point when I was age nine, I had my first philosophical thought, and that was listen to this, it's pretty smart. Nobody could be a bigger baseball fan than me, they could only tie me, right? Yeah, you could tie me. There's plenty of big fans, but you can't be bigger than me right now. After what happened yesterday, whoo. I don't know. Well, do you, do you think that fantasy and betting will keep people in the involved in baseball? You know, I mean, it's the and and, and cards as well. I mean, the, it's it's a little different than in the uh, you know in the '90s when they went on strike. And uh, there's a lot more you know social media and a lot more interaction and a lot more people vested in, in, in the game. I think yeah, don't that you? was 25 years ago. No, oh, I know. The people watching the game still had an idea of the history. Uh, of the game and uh, the nostalgia of the game, the whole thing. The people, the 25 year olds now, they don't have that. I have a younger son who's 23 and he, he's, he just graduated college. He said, Dad, nobody talks baseball. All right. The people I talk to who have kids playing a little league, nobody talks about baseball. Uh, I'll tell you, it's a very slippery slope for baseball very and what they did yesterday somebody's not thinking and i don't i don't want to get well you heard my podcast this morning right yeah it was almost 40 minutes of non-stop talking about how the game is in trouble yeah it's greed right it's it's ultimately greed greed on both sides well i think it's stupidity on the owner's part greed like anytime it's money there's always a degree of greed 
Uh, on the surface, the players are not being treated fairly. The minimum wage in football, basketball, and hockey is higher than baseball. You got this kid, Ranger Suarez, the pitcher for the Phillies. Take a look at his year last year. In a hundred years, nobody had a year like he had last year with a hundred innings. And he's making the minimum. After a season like that, you get promoted. Okay. Uh, and for a guy like uh, Christian Yelich, as an example, who's making top dollar, after the two seasons that he has, maybe you get a demotion of some sort. I'm not saying it's every year, but there are certain landmarks that certainly call for salary rewards. And uh, if you don't do well, you should pay the price. That's just how it is in this world. Yeah. In baseball, you sign a 10-year contract. All you got to do is show up. That's stupid. So, and also, I'll ask you this question. They're all talking about the, um, what's it called again? Um, the uh, competitive tax balance. Uh, now, do you think that's for the young players to have more money put in the game? Or do you think it's for the stars? I think it's to pay for the stars. Oh, it's certainly to pay for the stars. Yeah, but they're claiming it's to help the youngsters. Now, some things they're doing are helping the youngsters. But I think, watch the Mets uh, with Steve Cohn. Yeah. Paying so much for Max Scherzer. Okay. The owners really did not like that. And as a result, they do not want, they do not want owners just to be spending that kind of money. Uh, so, right. Because you know the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets, they'd all spend and spend and spend until till never. They'll just they well, just get how spending. many teams went over the luxury tax? What, two. two, two. That's but yet again, you're not telling me the Red Sox wouldn't have gone over this the luxury tax if they could have, the Yankees would have, the Mets would have. It's only two, but still, how do you stop the game because of that? To me, now I know look, I've been through many negotiations, owned a business for over 40 years, negotiated all the time with the unions and, and my suppliers and stuff. And you play the game. I'm not surprised. I told people on Sirius Radio, it's going to come down to the last day. And then on the last day, I even said, watch, they're going to come down to the last minute. And then they're going to realize, look how close we are. Let's extend it a day. It's exactly what they did. Yep. Then I was totally wrong. You know, I think a lot of people thought they were going to settle. I thought, I think I've been watching MLB and, and Harold Reynolds and those guys and uh, those guys, they thought it was, it was all going to be yeah. uh, that old, well, and it's just. I can't believe that they did such a foolish thing because they're going to kill their golden goose. Uh, I think that's a problem. Well, yeah. in terms of in terms of collecting, uh, you know, when I, I've been doing the podcast now for four years. And when I started, that was one of the things that I was kind of worried about in terms of collecting, because I thought the younger people would be fate would be phased out of it because they're not interested in it. But in the, the COVID had kind of reinvigorated the, the collecting market. And this it's really if you try to get basketball cards and football cards, you can't get them. But there's still baseball cards all over the place. So there is well, a, I think, that because of supply and demand or because they're just not buying, they're just not marketing. 
I think supply and demand. I think uh, really? they're, you know, all of a sudden it became, they, the companies that were producing the cards weren't ready for the increase in demand. And then COVID uh, in terms of production came into play. And, and then it was just, it was just difficult. And then uh, they, you know, Target and Walmart and the retailers had a control. You can only, if they even had cards, you could only get one or two uh, boxes and you can you couldn't go up and uh, load it. There's a lot of people that are out there now um, speculating and flipping. You know, buying twenty trying trying to buy twenty or fifty cases uh, boxes of them and sell them on the secondary market. But um, baseball cards are still pretty prevalent. If you want to get a if you want to get a top scar box, you can still get it. But um, for, can, you still get, can you still get roller derby cards? I have, <laughs> well, I have Charlie O'Connell and Joni Weston. All right. Well, you can get soccer. You can get soccer and wrestling cards. I don't know about rolling. I had wrestling cards. cards. One of my good friends is Shep Messing, who used to be, if you know uh, soccer at all, uh, he was uh, an Olympic goalie and just a great guy. And I coached soccer for a number of years, and he taught me everything I know. And he told me this: When in doubt, kick it out. That's all you got to tell your kids. <laughs> How about you have the rookie Bruno San Martino card? I don't have that, but I was at Sunnyside Garden in New York, and I saw Bruno's first ever match at Sunnyside Garden. And people don't know this, but I am a bit of a wrestling historian from probably about 1950 to 1970. So I'll take those 20 years, and between Dr. Jerry Graham and his brother Eddie, and Lewin and Curtis, and Roy Shire, and Ray Stevens, and Freddie Blassie, and yeah, I uh, I have old, in addition, oh, look, in addition to collecting cards, now we were getting ready to move, okay? We live in New York. We had planned on, this is what we planned on doing. We're going to sell the house, and then we're going to drive to Arizona and find a place. And for the time that we're on the road, because we've done it so many times, we take three, four-month road trips, so living in hotels is fine. Uh, so we started packing and we realized we're not taking any, I don't have a big house and a three bedroom, little condo, no furniture, no nothing. What are we taking? Let's go up in the attic and see what we got. And that's where we had all our stuff. I packed 2000 sports illustrated. I put one up on Facebook the other day, Mickey Mantle. All right. Yeah. Nice. 2000. When I was in business, I used to get Sports Illustrated delivered. I go to the mail, somebody bring me the mail, I take the magazine, put it in a box. Not intentionally to save for future value. I just, I didn't care to read. I'm not a reader, okay? I'm not a reader. But uh, I like the pictures, but I don't read, okay? So, but 2000, and most of them are in perfect condition, have never been opened. So I think I was told that they're probably conservatively ten to fifteen dollars a copy. Yeah, if they're in mint condition, geez. Okay. So, and I got some good ones with, uh, uh, you know, whatever they made. I had them all, and and my in-laws used to get me. Oh, what do we get, Lenny, for his birthday? What do we get, Lenny? It has to be get him Sports Illustrated, right? Easy, Sport Magazine, Sports Illustrated. Uh, baseball week. I got them all. I got thousands and thousands. And that was all we were moving with. 
How sick is that? <laughs> How about um, programs and uh, ticket stubs? Those have both been uh, gaining in popularity. In fact, yeah. the, fir the first Michael Jordan, uh, his first game, that somebody had a full ticket stub of it. Yeah, I, I have a couple of ticket stubs, but uh, I don't know. The only ticket stub that I really uh, think is a World Series game, mm -hmm. Giants against the Yankees, when Chuck Hiller hit a Grand Slam home run. Because I almost caught it. All right. Almost. Uh, Did you ever catch a foul ball? Did you ever I have catch a caught balls? I caught a Roger Maris ball. All right. Now, I was sitting behind the tarp at third base. Jim Mudcat Grant was the pitcher. Roger Maris was the batter. And he hits a foul ball. And Jerry Kendall was the third baseman. He reached and hit me in the nose with his glove. The ball landed in my lap. So <laughs> that's my Roger Maris ball, right? Right. And you there. kept. You still have that one? Still have it, right? That's very. Not cool. signed by Jerry Kendall, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Lenny, why don't, why don't you give everyone let everyone know where they can find you on the radio and on, uh, you know, in, um, Instagram and, and Twitter and Twitter how they can Facebook. listen to you online. You can find me in the ref in the refrigerator at my house almost every day. <laughs> but on Sirius Radio, I've been on it for 12 years, helped start the Fantasy Sports Channel, and I am so proud of it. We're on Sundays, and the reason we're on Sunday, because they'd rather talk football for next year than talk baseball until the lockout ends. So um, we're on Sunday, 7 to 9 a.m., channel 87. You can hear it on demand. Uh, or if you want to hear it, I'll open the front door and yell it out loud. I don't give a crap. But Andrea and I, my wife, Andrea, the Roto lady, we do. Imagine doing a show with your wife about baseball. She's phenomenal. She knows the game as good. But the difference, the reason our show is so popular, we're the only male-female tandem in the history of radio, any format, that go over the line on each other. She doesn't tell me you're wrong. She says you're a freaking idiot. Okay. <laughs> you know, she's walked off the, uh, she's dropped the mic and says, oh, screw you. I'm leaving. Right. She's done that twice, which is not so bad. We've been on for a number of years. So the serious radio, but the love of my life is my nine o'clock podcast, Monday through Friday. On my, it's free. Lenny Melnick, fantasysports.com. Lenny Melnick, fantasysports.com. It's not a fancy site, not a lot of articles, but we publicize the podcast and a couple of other people contribute as well on, with their own podcast. Doing it for a long, long time, and it's the highlight of every day for me. So I would appreciate you come in, you register, cost you nothing. You just put your name, whatever. It's a simple thing. Come into the chat room and you'll meet the nicest people in the country. And also the smartest, because it's not just, you're not just learning from what I say. As you heard, I asked the chat room, what do you think? I have a pick coming up in a draft to take an outfielder or a home run hitter. Should I take Hanniger, Montcastle, or a couple other choices? And I'm going with what the chat room told me. Take Ryan Montcastle. Oh, that's what I'm doing. It's not just that I'm the smartest guy in town, but I, I do my homework. We have fun. And if you ever want to be part, 
of this great chat room because right now it's among the most important things that you could be part of. And here's the reason. Not just learning about baseball, it's about escaping from the world for 45 minutes. And when you come into the chat room, believe me when I tell you, your biggest problem might be Clayton Kershaw's forearm. And if that you can do that, what can you pay for that, all right? Everything else, the money, the COVID, all the other Ukraine, stuff. Ukraine, all this. Clear it out of your head. Come to the chat room. Lenny Melnick, fantasysports.com. Uh, if anybody ever wants to reach me, they can reach me at Facebook at Lenny Melnick uh, or whatever. It's just Lenny Melnick. And on Twitter, at Lenny Melnick and Lenny Melnick, gmail.com. I give out now also, I'm not going to do it now. Over 5,000 people have my phone number. And when you talk about playing fantasy baseball, the reason I only have like two or three leagues, I answer people's questions. And I feel like I have more responsibility to answer their questions than I do to take care of my team. Okay? I don't care about winning leagues. I care about helping you win your league. And uh, it's not easy. So, uh, because to every question, there's a follow-up question. So about 5,000 people have my phone number, right? And, That's right. And there you go. Well, thank you, Lenny. Thank you for your time. You know, enjoy your collection because I'm very jealous and envious of all the, the cool cards you have and uh, the way you display them. And, uh, you know, I wish you luck this year in fantasy. Uh, hopefully we will have baseball very soon. Okay. Um, and my, my league doesn't – we draft the Saturday after opening day. So we – we we wait until the rosters are all frozen. Of and course. Then, you can't we, be that stupid to be having a draft now when you there's a lot of – I got 70 free agents that I'm talking about tomorrow. We don't know what team they're going to be on. We don't know if there's a DH. We don't, and you draft where most of the drafts are online. So you could draft next week, two weeks from now, three weeks from now. What's the big hurry? It's total incompetence among the people in fantasy baseball, in my, in my opinion. I agree. And, and one, one thing I want to share with you is we have, uh, we've been playing with the same, same 10 guys basically for over 30 years now. Oh, and we have, we have a winter meeting every year. We just had our winter meeting yeah. last week right. and, and we spent uh, two to three hours talking about things that we are, we're the only people in the world that care about and arguing <laughs> and they're, right. they're so passionate. It's just so much fun. And uh, if you guys don't play fantasy, Play fantasy. Just sign up for a free Yahoo League or just play fantasy. It's really makes you uh, brings you right. into the care about the game. I go to the supermarket or I, and put up a sign trying to start a live draft. If I didn't get into a live draft, I would never be playing fantasy baseball. Yeah, we do a face live we, draft. We do it like you guys, the labor. We do it face to face with the ten guys, the same ten guys in the room. We actually sit in the same seat. So you have to sit in the same spot. No, everyone has their own not now not assigned seat. Now you a little weird. Now you get a little. <laughs> oh no, weird. we're 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 definitely weird. We're we're. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but it was fun. Well, Lenny, it was nice to spend a little time with you, and I really appreciate it. Well, Drew, what a character Lenny Melnick is. That guy could talk and talk and talk. We we could have like a. I think I spent like an hour and a half with him or maybe even longer. And I, I didn't even uh, record. That was before we even recorded the interview. So Lenny is just, you, you can just tell how much he loves collecting and how much he loves baseball. And uh, it, it was a great, great interview. 
Well, um, next week we're going to have uh, Michael Clark. Michael Clark is president of DSG, Diamond Service Grading. We're going to talk about um, what's going on with DSG and talk about uh, the grading community as a whole. I just want to remind everyone that if you want to win, register to win a free T-shirt from Collects.app, and we're going to be giving away t- Collects.app T-shirts uh, in the next couple of weeks, so check out Collects.app. Drew, have you uh, you've been, you downloaded the Collects.app, right? I did, yeah. I messed around with it a little bit. I saw they added uh, hockey and soccer onto there recently as well. So I think that's uh, five sports they have covered on there now. Um, I haven't had a chance to try out the uh, – hockey and soccer ones yet, but I did have a lot of luck at looking up stuff with baseball, football, and basketball at least. Yeah, so go to collects.app to learn more on how to download the app. It's a free app. It's a great app. Uh, so if you want to win a collects.app t-shirt, just send me your um, name and mailing address. You can text it to me at 978-729-0662, or you can email me. What's the email address, Drew? That would be ttmcast at yahoo.com. Well, from sunny Florida, and it was 90 degrees today. I don't want to rub it in, guys, but it was 90 degrees today, sunny Florida. I'm going to be here for, I don't know, four or five more days. I'm enjoying myself. Drew, hopefully your ankle gets a little better and you can start walking around shows and, and get uh, get out in there so, do some in-person uh, autograph stuff. Anything else you want to add before I let, let you go? I may have to borrow your uh, cart there or something here with this thing, the way it's been going here. But, yeah, hopefully this thing is going to heal up quick. <laughs> The crazy thing is I don't even know what I did to my ankle or when or anything but uh, or how, but, yeah, this is, looks like I think it's about the third ankle sprain that I've had because I think I'm pretty sure that's what it is that's going on here. I don't know how I did it, though, but, yeah, fun times. The ankle is not yeah. a very well-constructed joint, i got to say. <laughs> Drew, I'm, I'm the guy in the scooter at spring training. Everyone plays. Yep. Oh, there's that guy, that guy in the scooter again. <laughs> I drive my scooter <laughs> all over the place. So I, I, I want to uh, – Again, I want to thank Lenny Melnick. He was, was fabulous. I want to thank him for joining the show. Next week, again, we have Michael Clark, president of DSG, Diamond Service Grade Incoming. Uh, and I think that wraps it up for the week. Uh, remember to listen to our show on the Sports Map Radio Network. It is the Sports Collectives Club, and it is every Sunday morning from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And, and it's repeated again from 10 a.m. to uh, 11 a.m. So that wraps up. I wish everyone many happy returns. We'll see you next week.